This is Daniel Fagell, and you're listening to the AI in Business podcast, where non-technical leaders stay ahead of the AI curve. If you do not write Python, but you do want to find high ROI AI opportunities and lead a productive AI strategy, you found yourself in the right place. Many of our episodes that you longtime listeners have tuned into have focused on individual use cases in different industries. We've also talked about plenty of trends, but some of our episodes focus on what leaders need to do to deploy AI. They are more boots on the ground focus for leadership teams, and that's exactly where we're focused today. Our guest this week is Sanjay Dawan. He is the CEO of Symphony AI. He has been the CEO or president of technology-based Bay Area companies for something like the last 25 years, beginning with a company called Starnet Technologies back in the 90s to being president and CEO of Symphony Teleca and now leading nearly 2,000 people at Symphony AI. There are two key focus areas of this episode, and there are a few tidbits that I really want our listeners to keep their ears primed for. The beginning of this episode focuses on what do we need to do from an C-suite perspective to set the table to make the most out of AI. Rather than picking an AI project or building a strategy out of nowhere, what do we need to do with data infrastructure? What do we need to do for talent? What do we need to do with agreement and alignment in the C-suite before we deploy any early AI projects? What ideally would happen to set us up to deliver results? Sanjay goes to a couple great points there, including how to deal with the talent mix and has some good insights on a data strategy. If you want to know a good definition for a first draft data strategy, Sanjay talks about how using business outcomes is a great way to outline and start to frame up that strategy. Stay tuned for those particular insights here. After that question, we fly into the second part of the episode where we talk about setting yourself up for success with early projects. Once we've selected early projects that are going to support our strategy and support our outcomes, what can we do to ensure that they succeed? And there's a lot of points to unpack on two things here. Number one, defining the outcomes. More than a concept, Sanjay goes into individual examples within banking and CPG and other industries to say, what does it look like in a concrete way to define the outcome? Similarly, Sanjay uses examples, which I like because our audience likes examples, to talk about modeling the workflow, understanding how the workflow will change. I can tell you from our experience here at Emerge, working with enterprises and startups, companies who are ignoring the workflow impact when they adopt AI are setting themselves up to fail in a major way. And Sanjay walks through how to imagine those workflows so we know whether a deployment might be the right choice or not. And speaking of general AI adoption advice, we have a recent long-form article on building an enterprise AI strategy that is kicking out through our newsletter. If you are a listener, but you're not already signed up for the newsletter, make sure to go to emerj.com slash n1, that's n like the word newsletter, n is a newsletter, and then the number one, emerj.com slash n1. You can sign up for the newsletter every Tuesday and Thursday. You'll not only receive all of our latest podcasts, but all of our latest articles as well. So if we come up with new frameworks for building strategies or measuring AI ROI, you'll receive those infographics, those articles, and again, any other coverage and use cases that we produce. emerj.com slash n1. Check it out if you're not already a reader, but I do appreciate you as a listener. And without further ado, let's fly into this episode. This is Sanjay, the CEO of Symphony AI, here on the AI and Business Podcast. So Sanjay, thank you so much for joining us on the show today. Thank you, Dan. Lovely to be here. So we're going to be getting into actually selecting and deploying initial AI projects. But before we do, I want to talk about setting the table from an enterprise perspective. There's a lot of considerations around what the C-suite needs to understand about our strategy, our data infrastructure, our teams that we might want to get right so that we have kind of a, a ripe environment 
to start leveraging AI. What kind of advice do you have for, for leaders who are thinking about becoming AI ready so their first projects can really succeed? You know, that's a very, very sort of important you know, question to, you know, for the enterprise leadership to think through very carefully. I think it starts with sort of, you know, defining what are the business outcomes that they are trying to achieve with the digital transformation, especially using AI. So making sure that is clear is very important. Right behind that, you know, is the data and information strategy. You know, AI is as good as the data that it's able to acquire and use. And, you know, there is absolutely no point, you know, going through the AI journey in the enterprise without having a very clear, you know, data strategy. So that's the second point that the leadership team must consider. The third is all about the culture team, the organization, the, the product engineering, and the talent culture. That becomes, you know, extremely, extremely important in the journey, you know, because, you know, without the talent, you know, the journey is going to be, you know, very, very difficult. You know, making sure that, you know, the leadership team, including the board, is, is aligned, you know, behind this journey, also very, very important. And finally, sort of, you know, identifying the risks, you know, what, what can go wrong and, you know, managing that is another element that is, you know, extremely important. But above all, the two things that I would, you know, sort of, you know, you know focus on out of these five that I just mentioned here is around, you know, data strategy and also making sure that the talent is there that can, you know, lead this AI transformation. Yeah, there's so much to unpack with just those two points, Sanjay. I mean, just in terms of what leaders should know and how to execute those well. When you think it, so we'll touch on data strategy in, in half a moment here, but you, you did bring up talent and the importance of kind of having a a culture that can sustain the right kind of talent to lead these sorts of projects. Obviously, AI is quite a unique skill set. Not every legacy enterprise has talented data scientists or even functional leaders that can lead data science. When you think about what a legacy enterprise does well to start to adopt their or, or adapt their culture to attract the right people and more importantly, retain those right people, what are some of those cultural factors that help companies set themselves up to succeed on, on the, the team and culture side? You know, I think if you look at sort of, you know, where we are today, I think, you know, business insights, you know, I think most leadership, you know, teams in the in the enterprises have realized, you know, the, the importance of, you know, getting real time, real insights into their into their business to to drive, you know, the outcomes that they want. So that piece is becoming more and more clear, right? You know, we, we have seen the adoption of sort of, you know, business insights-based sort of, you know, analytics and tools more and more in the enterprises. And so that's good. That's a good start, right? Because that, you know, that's the basis for sort of, you know, the AI transformation and AI journey. I think the next piece, next step in that journey, obviously, is to you know, making sure that the leadership team and the culture, you know, sort of understands the impact that this, the next steps of AI transformation, 
you know, can mean for the enterprise. And to make sure that there is at least, you know, you don't need an army of people who sort of, you know, understands, you know, deep learning, machine learning, you know, AI and, and, and so on and so forth, but at least have, you know, a few key folks who are, you know, who have deep understanding, you know, how to sort of build the right, you know, architecture for the enterprise which will you know, drive to the outcomes that the enterprise is looking for. Got it. Tons to consider leadership, technical talent, et cetera, but I appreciate you at least giving us a splay of some of what leaders need to consider. And of course, they're balancing this with another point you brought up around a data strategy. You would put kind of a finger on this, that having a data strategy in place is almost a prerequisite here to beginning to think about what is our AI journey? What are we going to adopt? What are we going to deploy first? What kind of value are we looking to get out of this? Why is it that you think data strategy comes first? And also how much thinking and, and how firm, I guess, does a strategy need to be by the time we get started on AI projects? Does it need to be a strong outline that the C-suite agrees on? Does it need to be a very structured, you know, much more rigorous process that has a lot of buy-in and a lot of feedback from our in-house data science team? What do you mean by data strategy and how ready does it have to be? This is absolutely the, the the core foundation. You know, without a clear data strategy, the project will 100% fail. 100%, I'm saying, right? Yeah. Because, you know, the, the AI is all about learning from data and then, you know, applying those learnings, right, to the digital transformation through machine learning, et cetera. So data strategy, absolutely critical. And, and for that, you know, the enterprise needs to understand sort of the outcomes that they want and to get to those outcomes, what kind of data is needed to, you know, so they need to understand that, right? They need to understand how is that data going to be collected? How that data is going to be organized? How that data gets converted to the information and the outcomes that that they are trying to drive? So all of this, you know, is, you know, you know, uh, absolutely important because, you know, without this data set being, you know, fresh and clear and, you know, properly organized and all that stuff, you know, it becomes, you know, difficult. Now, from an AI standpoint, you know, the technology is sort of moving, you know, to, you know, structured and working on unstructured data as well, right? So. You know, but but that is sort of you know a journey that is evolving as we speak, basically. And but having a clear sort of you know thoughts and architectures on the data strategy is extremely extremely important. You know, you brought up, and I, I could see how this is a, a tough journey for folks that are new to this consideration, because as as you're well aware, many many IT deployments and applications did not necessarily require this particular strategic consideration ahead of time, I could see them ask, you know, thinking to themselves, well, how could I possibly know what data is feeding an application and how we're formatting it and what the features are that we're tracking with it and it, precisely how we're storing it until I even know what we're considering deploying? You know, if, if we run a, a gigantic medical device company, are we thinking that we're going to begin in logistics? Are we thinking we're going to begin in, in terms of product innovation and actually sensitive patient data in some way? Are we going to focus on collections? Without knowing the AI application, is it possible to have a data strategy? It sounds like for you, on some level, the answer is yes. Or, or would you say that a data strategy has to begin with some of the focus areas for our early AI projects? Or, or, or does it come first? 
I'm thinking about how leaders can maybe think about this in, in an order for themselves. Yeah, you know, that's that's a very good question, right? You know, and and w- what what I would say there is that start with the outcomes, right? You know, basically try to figure it out. What are the areas of improvements and outcomes that, that you want to improve for your enterprise? Once you are clear about that, then you can sort of, you know, you know, build the next steps of what data is needed for those outcomes, right? So, and it's going to be very different depending upon, you know, what business outcomes and which industry you are in and and so on and so forth then, because what data and what data strategy is needed for, you know, a insurance company versus a medical company versus an automotive company versus, you know, are you trying to improve your, you know, you know, customer, you know, experience, or are you trying to improve your supply chain? You know, there is totally two different types of, you know, data that is driving either of those, right? So I think I think starting from outcomes is more important, right? As to what what outcome you're trying to improve. Got uh, it. You know, are you a manufacturing company trying to improve your plant performance? Are you a retail CPG company that's improving your you know you know loyalty and take rates by your existing customers? Are you trying are you a telecom company trying to reduce the churn of your customers? Are you a you know, financial, you know, company that is, you know, trying to reduce the financial crime for your enterprise. Yeah. You know, the the answer to these will will sort of, you know, define what you need and how you should go about it. This is this is good. I, I think I'm let me see if I can put this in a nutshell, Sanjay. We're gonna get into our second question, but I want to make sure the the listeners can really take home what you're bringing to bear here. It sounds like the idea is as a leadership team, you might not be the one that writes the code and you might not know what specific AI applications you're going to deploy first. However, as a leadership team who understands their strategy, you should be thinking about those key outcomes for your strategy. And you should have a bit of a data strategy around some of those key outcomes. So, you know, if you're talking about, you know, you had brought up if you're a CPG company, maybe you're thinking about logistics and supply chain. Maybe we want to have some baseline understanding of that data, how that data would flow, how we would enable that kind of stuff. So it sounds like maybe we don't need, here's the list of deployments we want to do in order one through 20, but instead we should say, what are our critical outcomes? And then maybe how could data support that and have some degree of an outline around strategy around that? Is that a proper nutshelling, Sanjay, or do you want to adjust what I've just said? No, that's exactly what I said, and okay, you know fantastic. you summarized it, uh, you know, you know very very well. And I think, you know, I have seen way too many sort of you know projects where were you know a leadership team basically says, oh, let's sort of you know bring in an AI platform and then we'll sort of see what it can do for us. Yeah, absolutely, the wrong way to start. Absolutely, the right is that okay? Let's see what do we want to improve. What are the priorities that the CEO and the board has given us? in terms of you know what we want to improve and with the digital transformation with the ai transformation start with that and then sort of work backwards as to see what is needed to improve it and and ai you know just like you know we have used analytics in the past which provide you know which gives us insights what we are trying to do here basically is take the next step beyond that got it okay and this this leads us quite naturally into our 
second question, which is around setting ourselves up for success when we're actually getting started with AI. So we talked a good deal about some of the factors to consider before we pick a solution, pick a deployment, is we've, we've got to be able to set up a culture that can succeed and also think through data in a very particular way that you've helped us outline. Now we're coming down to picking projects. We know our strategy. We have even an idea of data strategy, and it's time to move forward on some projects where, where maybe AI could be a great fit. There's clearly a right and a wrong way to do this. You, know, you had mentioned one of the very wrong ways. One of the very wrong ways is let's buy a platform and then think up some cool ideas. You know, that's that's not exactly a great way to set ourselves up to succeed. What are some of the bits of guidance you you like to provide for leaders so that they can have the highest chance of seeing their first project actually lead to a success and building some momentum with AI? Where should we start with that? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's again a very, very important element, you know, to to plan and something that cannot be forced after the fact has to be sort of, you know, thought through ahead of time. And there, sort of, you know, my uh, experience has been the adoption. Think of how the outcomes and this new transformation will be adopted in the enterprise. Let me try to explain, Dan, what I mean by that. Yes. In the transformation, there is going to be a new way of approaching and doing things. You know, this new way, you know, could be that, you know, you know, you know, let, you know, using, you know, let's say, you know, financial crimes as a, as a, as a use case where, you know, the workflow used to be that, you know, there was a financial crime detection transaction monitoring system that used to sit there in the old enterprise, old banks, where, you know, they would basically have, you know, a large number of false positives that were sort of, you know, coming in. And there were, you know, a bunch of these alerts. There's an army of people sitting there going through those alerts, sort of, you know, monitoring them. And then, you know, some of those alerts are real. Majority of them are, you know, bogus. And and the ones which are real then are converted into something called a SAR, SAR, which basically is required by the regulators to, you know, do the detailed investigation and so on and so forth. So that sort of was the workflow of the past, right? The workflow of the future, you know, will be very different where there is, you know, less number of false positives because you have deployed a good AI-based, you know, financial crime detection system, which looks not just transactions, but actual behaviors and try to sort of, you know, identify crime in a, in a different way. And, and now your workflows of, of how you sort of adopt it is going to be very different. It's more based on, you know, less number of, you know, false positives, less, hence less number of people who are just going through the alerts, more number of people, you know, more crime being detected, and, and hence you sort of need to change the mix of people who are interfacing with this this sort of new AI-based workflow. Adopting that based, anticipating and adopting that, you know, in the enterprise is a challenge because people are sort of, you know, not used to this, you know, new way of operating. And, and so 
what I would say is pay a lot of attention to adoption. So the UI, how the enterprise colleagues who are going to be sort of you know responsible for you know eventually sort of adopting and and, and using the outcomes that this AI system is going to provide to them is extremely important, right? Yeah. So pay a lot of attention to the user interface, the workflow interfaces, how does it sort of, you know, get absorbed into the enterprise, you know, workflows? How do you enhance those workflows to, to make sure that this new these new outcomes can be properly utilized and used is, is very, very important because this is the other failure point that I've basically seen where people don't pay attention. First, they don't pay attention to the outcome. They start to jump into the, into the, you know, AI transformation yes, directly yes. without thinking of outcome. Second, they don't, you know, pay a lot of upfront attention to, you know, assuming the outcomes will be there. How, do, what does it change and how do we make sure that we have the, the right tools and the hooks and the UI and, and all that stuff for our, you know, our colleagues to basically adopt it. Got it. So I'm going to try to stick a pin in two points here and see if there's anything more that you want to add to them. But there's there's definitely takeaways that some of our listeners will be familiar with on some level, but hearing them framed in this particular way, I think is a great way to put an exclamation mark on it. One of them is clarity on the actual outcomes. As you brought up, and it still happens today, Sanjay, you see it happen all the time, we see it happen all the time, is companies will, they'll have a vague understanding for, well, you know, we sure would like having less fraud around here, you know, or money laundering. We've done tons of interviews on money laundering. So in fact, we, we've interviewed folks from Ayazdi before you guys bought them. Okay, we, we want to have less money laundering happen around here. Well, what does that really imply? What it might imply is less false positives, less false negatives, you know, certain streamlines of certain workflows. How are we actually going to quantify that? How are we really going to know if we've made a difference? Thinking through that carefully and thinking through that realistically and getting feedback from different stakeholders, very, very important. And a second thing you're bringing up, which also to this day gets ignored quite frequently, is from the get-go, before we adopt, before we spend money, before we really start thinking one solution is better than another, think realistically through what does the workflow look like after this is adopted and how does that affect people and resources? And what is that before and after picture? And really get a sense of, are we ready for that? What kind of time would that require? What kind of changes to our HR would that require, et cetera, et cetera. It, it sort of feels like these are the two big considerations that you're encouraging people to get more granular on. Number one, am I, am I capturing the right points? And number two, is there anything else you want to add to those to make sure that leaders really take this to heart? No, that's uh, exactly it. Those are exactly sort of the two points that I was trying to make then. Excellent. And, and, you know, I think this conversation so far has been more, you know, sort of into a B2B, the use, using AI transformation inside the enterprise to improve the enterprise workflows and enterprise processes and productivity and so on and so forth, right? But there is another element to sort of think about that, that some of your listeners may be thinking about the impact AI-based AI sort of, you know, products and technologies that can make to their customers, right? The end yeah. consumer, yeah, yeah. right? You know, on the on the end consumer side, you know, I mean, today consumers are, are, are using AI today, Right. You know, you know, we, we use AI on our phone 
you know, every time we talk to Siri or Google or Alexa or others, you know, there is a you know big AI engine trying to understand who we are, what we want to do, and yep. sort of you know how to help us. You know, when we sit in front of our Netflix and we are looking for what to watch, you know, there is an AI engine, AI recommendation engine that sort of you know giving us the recommendations. They're trying to understand our mood, our who we are, what sort of you know, you know things we like, you know, all that stuff, right? And they'll become more and more intelligent over time. When we're driving a car, you know, we we have sort of these, you know, level two, level three vision AI based, you know, systems which are assisting us to drive the car as a sort of you know co-driver, co-pilot, right? I'm not even going into fully autonomous car yeah, yeah, discussions. Yeah. Yep. I'm talking about, you know, <laughs> yeah. cars which are in production today, you know, and, and AI is being deployed. But if, if I just use that as an example, still the automotive industry has not been able to perfect the interface, the human machine interface from an AI standpoint between the driver and the car AI, you know, as to when the car hands over the control back to the driver and when the car takes over the control from the driver just a very you know uh, you know talking about the adoption piece the second point that we discussed right you know when you are driving a level 2 level 3 autonomous car and you want to sort of give the control to the car and the car takes over the control and when the car is not able to sort of you know you know drive because of the conditions etc the car is trying to give the control back to you. That interface needs huge improvements, in my opinion, before the adoption of these technologies, you know, go through the roof. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Does an autonomous car work with the passenger, with the pedestrians outside the car? Right. You know, we're sort of, you know, you know, you know, with the EV and all that stuff, there is no sort of engine noise anymore. So, you know, how do you sort of, you know, you know, you are at a at a junction. There is a pedestrian waiting. Typically, when you are not driving an autonomous car, you look at the pedestrian and you sort of give them a nod with your head, and they sort of, you know, cross the road. Now the car is trying to take that decision. How does the car, you know, give that nod to that pedestrian that hey, you cross, then I'll go. For example, yeah. right. You know, so there is there is a lot of you know adoption nuances that you know one has to think about, and it, it's there in the enterprises. You know, we when I look at sort of you know retail CPG AI adoption, you know, inside a retail company or a CPG company or an industrial company, diff, you know, different sort of issues come to my mind, but the core themes are the same that you know one has to think about the outcome and one has to think about the adoption cycle and and how do we make sure that you know things are things are adopted well assuming the outcomes are there yeah yeah getting crystal clear on on this stuff i mean when we first really started looking at some of the big places where the ball was dropped for enterprise adoption a lot of it came down to did we even know the outcome at some kind of a granular and realistic level from the beginning. And and you're you're certainly putting again an exclamation point on that in a big way today. And I hope that for some of our listeners, no matter what industry you're in, you've got some tidbits here around setting yourself up for success, but also really making sure that that is well defined ahead of time. And then also being able to to bear in mind those workflow changes, which 
which Sanjay, you were kind enough to give us some great examples for. I know that that's all we had for time for this particular episode, but I'm super glad we were able to get in some actual use case examples. And Sanjay, I'm glad we're able to have you on the show. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you. Thank you so much. So that's all for this episode of the AI and Business Podcast. A big thank you to Sanjay for being able to join us. And thank you to you, our listener, for tuning in all the way through. This was very much a what you need to know in the C-suite episode. Some of you tuned in are leading enterprise teams and have some influence in the C-suite. Others of you I know are also consultants and are interested in being able to influence your clients and help them move in the right direction to see value from AI. For both of those groups, no matter which one you're in, I appreciate you being here. I think it's great that we have so many more people tuned in. This year has easily been our largest year for audience, and it is your feedback and your ideas that have helped us build a better show and bring on even higher and higher caliber guests as we move forward. So I appreciate you being here. As I mentioned before, if you're interested in AI adoption advice and measuring AI ROI and you're not on the newsletter, go ahead and check it out. Again, it's emerj.com slash n as in newsletter and then the number one, emerj.com slash n1 and you can sign up for the newsletter. You can unsubscribe at any time, but we've had a growing list of folks that have enjoyed reading and they certainly receive more than simply the interviews. They also receive our use cases, our trends, our infographics, and anything that we produce gets kicked out every Tuesday and every Thursday. So emerj.com slash n1 if you want to tune in there. Otherwise, keep it locked here on the AI and Business Podcast. I look forward to catching you in the next episode.